Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be chatting with Rand Fishkin, co-founder of Spark Toro. Rand has dedicated his professional life to helping people do better marketing through his blogging, videos, speaking, and his book, Lost and Founder. If you feed him great pasta or great whiskey, he'll give you the cheat code to rank number one on Google. Let's go. Uh, you can see I, I'm very tired today, but I have super excited because today is a special, special, special day for me because I have Rand Fishkin on SMB Talks. You know, he is he's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people in this world especially in the world of marketing forget about marketing i love him as a person uh i'm 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 a self-taught marketer and if i have i know anything about seo it's only because of rand if i know anything about content marketing it's only about uh because of rand and his whiteboard fridays so you know before i bring him on uh his name is enough he doesn't need any more introduction but i have prepared an introduction for him i would love to uh talk a little bit about him. So he is the co-founder and CEO of SparkToro, sparktoro.com. He's dedicated his professional life to helping people to do better marketing. Trust me, you should see, if you see one of his videos, that's more than enough. You understand his passion for the subject. Uh, he does uh, it via blogging, video speaking, and his book. He has a fantastic best-selling book, Lost and Founder. Uh, it's about startups and the real story behind building startups, right? So when Rand is not working, he's most likely to be in the company of his partner in marriage, Geraldine. She is also a, an author, wonderful person. Uh, and to talk a little bit about Rand's journey, Rand dropped, dropped out of University of Washington in 2000 to work with his mom. They In 2004, they created SEO Most Blog, which over the next decade, has evolved into the most popular community and content resource for search marketers. In 2007, Rand became the CEO of SEO Moz. Now you all know it as Moz. Uh, across seven years as CEO, he grew it from seven employees to 134 employees. Revenues from 800K to 29.3 million. Traffic, one to 30 million and visitors. He raised two rounds of funding, at three acquisitions and the rebranding he is very famous for the, his content and his personal brand also he has a regular whiteboard friday series i'm pretty sure if you're a marketer you would have seen the kind of wisdom he shares kind of insights he shares he's also a freaking keynote speaker at leading marketing conferences across the world and let's uh, he's currently working with he's building spark toro and without further ado, let me bring him on. Hello, Ryan. Uh, your, your sound is a little bit uh, squeaky. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a, it's a little bit of squeaky is coming. It's not clear. How about this microphone? Check, check. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. <laughs> Much better? Okay. It's perfect. Thank Great. you so much, Ryan. Thank you so 
Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited to finally uh, meet you virtually, uh, apart from uh, videos and stuff like that. Uh, so just to give a background run, uh, I started this show when the COVID kicked in, uh, when everybody was going through a lot of trouble and things like that. So I started the show to bring on people like you so that uh, everybody can learn from your experience, the kind of, uh, kind of, you know, uh, kind of journey you have been through, and you know, uh, about a little bit about the subject also, and also we will talk about Spark Toro also. Uh, so I have curated a set of questions for you. Uh, so if you're ready, I can start off. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, Ryan, you know, the first question, uh, you 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 always, I always remember you as a wizard of Moz. <laughs> That's the thing that I first time I came across you. That was your title. So how did the journey with Moz start? Yeah, uh, you uh, you covered it in the introduction. Uh, I you know I dropped out of college. I started this uh, this blog called SEO Moz originally, and then it became became Moz. Um, but yeah, it was a I think in a lot of ways just a a lot of stumbling and failing and figuring it out. And this is one of the reasons that, you know, that I tried to write Lost and Founder and that I blog a lot about startups and, and try to help folks on that, in that journey, because it is, right. um, if you, if you don't have other people to lean on, if you don't have a community and a network, um, it's really difficult making all those mistakes yourself. And I, I made every one of them. Right. 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 All right. So, uh, you know, uh, I think I think uh, some time ago you you had to leave uh, Moz. So you leaving Moz, I remember your blog post about it. It is quite a painful. Uh, I remember commenting on that at that point of time. It's quite painful to read that. Uh, so uh, you know, it. Uh, so how did this Spark Toro idea originate? You know, I remember yeah. you announcing it along with that. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is uh, about what two and a half years ago. That, Absolutely. Uh, that I left Moz and announced that I was I was building Spark Toro, and uh, the idea for it comes from wanting to help people outside of, you know, outside of Google and SEO and and Facebook, right? Essentially, these right. two companies dominate a lot of time online, and as a result, they dominate a lot of marketers and advertisers' attention, and that Absolutely. can be pretty dangerous. So, Vivek, I'm sure you and a lot of your audience know, you know, if you've tried to build websites, right? That yes. it is painful to have, you know, to have all your eggs in the Google basket, all your eggs in the Facebook basket, and then, you know, your Facebook reach starts dropping over time. Your uh, your right. Google rankings start dropping. A new competitor comes in. Google puts their own stuff in, and now the click through rate drops. And as a result, it, it is really difficult to get that traffic back. Uh, if, however, you have a diverse set of sources sending you traffic, you've got you know a great email list sending you a bunch of traffic through email. You've got uh, social media presence. You have uh, links around the web that are sending you traffic. You're on podcasts and videos and and streamyard broadcasts like this one. <laughs> then right. you've got a lot of resiliency, right? You have built up some strength. You can reach your audience whether Facebook and Google let you reach them or not. And oddly enough. When you do a great job of building up that traffic from all these other sources, Facebook and right. Google tend to be better channels for you, right? Ads work better because people know your brand, they're familiar with you, they've heard right. of you. you know, if, it's, if it's your first time hearing of some company, you're not gonna click that ad. 
Yeah. But if you've seen them five, six times, you've heard the founder on a video, you've uh, heard their story. Yeah, now you're much more likely to click them. You know who they are, those ads are more effective. Same is true with Google search. If you see something in the Google results and you are familiar with it, you've heard about it before, you're gonna click that result, right? You're gonna skip over the top few, you're gonna click the one you know, the one you trust. And right. this is the superpower of being able to have a diverse set of sources that talk about you, a bunch of ways to reach your audience and community. But how do you figure it out? Yeah, I, tried to help, I tried to help a bunch of companies, just manually, right? I was trying to help startups, companies I was advising, right? Friends, friends, folks like yourself, right? They'd reach out over email, be like, hey man, how do I reach my audience of whatever, toxicology professionals in the United Kingdom? And I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, right? You get, go to Google, let's see what they're searching for. That's not the way to do it, right? What you really want to do is you want to know what those people read, right? What websites right. they visit, who they follow on social, what publications they pay attention to, what podcasts are they listening to, what YouTube channels are they subscribing to? So that you have two right. options. Your two options are one, go to their house, break in, steal their phone, right? Get the unlock code, and then look at everything they, they read and watch and follow and visit. Right. Or, or you can go and crawl public social and web data, aggregate it, and then put that together. And we saw some smart companies doing that, right? They basically had built web crawlers to go crawl the LinkedIn profiles, Twitter profiles, Facebook profiles, Pinterest profiles of all their customers. Uh, they, they used email addresses and then they linked those up to their social profiles and then they crawled all of those and they aggregated the data and looked at everything everyone followed. And Casey and I, my, my co-founder and I, Vivek, we were like, oh, that is awesome. That's so powerful. But also, why do you have to build that? We should just build it for the whole internet. And that's, right, that's right. the idea where Spark Toro came from. We were like, let's let's just build a giant database for everybody. So right now, you can do that in Spark Toro, but it's English only. Um, and then we're adding, we hope to add more languages, more regions, more countries um, next year, probably Spanish and German and, and more after that. Right, right. I have, I've seen Spark Toro. It's fantastic because that's one area where we all struggle with. You know, we, we have no clue about um, our audience. We, we take shots in the dark and we, we try to do a biopersonal exercise to fit things based on discussions with sales team and things like that. So a tool like that was the need of the hour. So let's talk about SparkToro a bit, right? So what is SparkToro and, you know, why, 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 uh, you know, people, who is it for basically? Yeah. And what, what does the tool help you with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, great question. So what it is, is basically, a, it's, it's a huge searchable database of um, individual people's profiles, but, but they're anonymized and aggregated. So it won't say, you know, it's, if you search for, um, I don't know, founders, you might find, you know, I might be a founder in the database, you would be a founder in the database, but yep. we're not going to show, you know, Rand and Vivek, right? What we're going we're, we're gonna to show is what people like Rand and Vivek pay attention to, what they read and watch right. and listen and, and all that. So essentially we have about 70, I think it's 74-ish million uh, profiles and it you know it grows every day it's constantly crawling and adding new ones a profile for us is essentially an aggregation across 10 social networks and a web and the web 
So we'll try and find like, oh, here's, you know, Vivek, here's your about page. And it links to this Twitter profile, which links to this Pinterest profile, this LinkedIn profile, this Facebook profile, this Twitter profile, this Instagram profile, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's one, you know, profile, right? That's one person. Right. Right. And that is basically the core of SparkTorus. So it's, it's pretty simple. It's just a giant database of people. And then you can search it and say, I want to see people who talk about snowboarding. I want to see uh, people who talk about um, uh, whatever it is, you know, how to make naan bread at home, right? <laughs> I, I want to find people who are looking for recipes or I, I want to find people who are passionate and talk about recipes online. Or I want to find people who have the job title pharmacologist. Um, I was helping someone yesterday find epidemiologists because right. they do vaccine shipping, which is obviously a very right. necessary thing right now. Um, you could find right. people who are really interested. I was helping a, another person yesterday who was uh, doing marketing for a garden center in the UK, right? And so they're looking for people right. who follow this particular gardening show in the United Kingdom, and we so we looked at, oh, okay, you can see, here's people who follow, you know, here's a few thousand people who follow this gardening show in the UK, and here's what else they listen to, read, watch, follow. That's at the core what SparkToro is. It is generally designed for marketers, right? People like you and me and, and, and your audience, right, who want to help businesses find their customers and reach them in ways that uh, Google, Facebook generally would not, right? Google and Facebook right. won't tell you which podcasts are popular with gardeners, but okay, right? Uh, Facebook right. won't tell you which one. They'll let you advertise to people who say they're interested in gardening, but what if you right. want to be a guest on a podcast? What if you want to pitch to do an op-ed? What if you want to pitch to, I don't know, get a link or do a guest post or... Um, do some co-marketing or advertise directly or sponsor a podcast. That's generally what SparkTro is helping you with. And uh, right now it's sort of three, three folks are really signing up for the tool and, and using it heavily. That's um, agencies, sort of creative agencies and digital marketing agencies. Uh, PR folks, people doing digital okay. PR makes sense, right? They're trying to get their customers in there. And then a lot of in-house marketers who are trying to broaden and diversify the ways they get traffic uh, the ways they get their brand in front of audiences so that their advertising gets more effective and more people click their Google results and all that. Right, right. So I, I think it's a, it's a perfect tool for a modern marketer. If you if you want to not think the old school way and you want to try new things, the right podcast to be a guest on or bring on the right guest on to your podcast and things like that, which works these days because nobody is anyways paying attention to ad and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's a perfect yeah, tool. You know, I think you've you found this too, right? And I and I have as well, which is that the um, the less trafficked, right? The less, um, the fewer people pay attention to a channel, the more opportunity there is in that channel. Kind right. of weird, right? It's like, oh, not a lot of people are whatever pitching to be on YouTube channels that are well followed. Right, a lot of opportunity there. Not a lot of people are going direct to the websites that reach their audience and seeing if they'll take an op-ed, uh, right. or seeing if they will um, uh, run an, a sponsored piece of content, or you know, take a direct ad. Right. Everybody's putting it through the Google Display Network or through Facebook. 
this is why there's so much right. opportunity in you know reaching out to Rack. Absolutely. And actually, I think I, I read your blog post about the certain specific use cases of Spark Tour on your blog a couple of days ago, which which is very detailed in the way to think how to you because this tool has so much power in itself uh, with the with the platform and the backend, but it's up to you how to you want to use it. Uh, yeah. The kind of combinations and things like that. I love the way how it says when you click on the drop down, what the audience is talking about or which which social media networks are they uh, active on and that, that's very nice because uh, it's the way uh, i think marketers should start thinking that's the way you should go about you know so that's fantastic yeah, uh, and thank you so much for that so uh, spark toro no sorry uh, go ahead yeah so i was going on the next question you wanted to add something no no it's fine sorry go ahead all right so uh, my next question is, you know, uh, I know that SparkToro keeps adding a lot of cool features pretty frequently. I keep getting updates via email and all that. So if, if I have to ask you, what are the top three features which marketers mm -hmm. should, uh, you know, pay attention to SparkToro, which will be those? Yeah, let's see. There's um, there's a few that have been very popular. Um, I think that people really like. One is lists. So this is basically... We, we actually launched, we didn't have it in the beta version. And then when we launched, we, we launched with it because so many people asked for it. Um, so essentially what lists is, is you, uh, you, as you're going through the data in the tool, right? You've run a search, you found what your whatever, gardeners in the UK listen to or toxicologists or people who are involved with vaccine shipping, whatever it is. And you have uh, gone through the lists of podcasts and YouTube channels and uh, social accounts and websites they visit. You, you can sort of click and add those to a custom list inside the tool. And then that list right. gets saved and you can export it. Uh, that's been very popular because I think a lot of people use that for sort of prioritizing their outreach, plugging it into their CRM, whatever it is. Uh, the second feature right. that's super popular, uh, we, we just, we've been asked about it for forever. We just released it uh, two days ago, three days ago. <laughs> um, so good timing was emails. So basically when you add right. a course to a list, we'll now, uh, we now have the contact information. So email address, or, you know, if you want to DM them on Instagram or, or send a DM on Twitter or a message to Facebook, we have those in there as well. Uh, and right. then... The third feature that's um, sort of core to the product, and I would say is like the kind of the heart of SparkToro is the percent of audience. So right. Vivek, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you, like you go in and you try and pitch a CEO, CMO, you know, VP of marketing, and you're like, okay, here's our campaign plans. And they say, at least here in the United States, they're like, I want you to get me in the New York Times. <laughs> it does happen, right? right? And, and you kind of have this, the New York Times, that, that's not who our audience reads, right? Like our audience pays attention. I, I'm pretty sure they go to these conferences and the, this is where we want to target them. And they're like, no, 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 no. I go golfing every weekend with our customers and they read the New York Times, right? Or the Wall Street right. Journal. Or the Wall Street Journal. Right. And you kind of have this like, really? Like, are you, are you sure? So, so one of the core features of SparkToro is it shows you the percent of the audience that follows or engages with any particular source, right? So you can go in there and see, oh, 26% of the 6,412 
people who follow this gardening show in the UK also, uh, you know, are subscribed to this YouTube channel. Right. And that that data, right? That you bring that data to that conversation, and whoo, that that goes a lot smoother, right? You're sort of like, hey, you told us you want to reach this audience. If you want to reach this audience, this is where you do it, my friend. You want to be in the Wall Street right. Journal. You want to be in the New York Times. Okay. It's for prestige. It's not going to reach our customers, but it's for prestige. If that's what you want, fine. But don't tell me to go to the Wall Street Journal expecting to reach our customers. All right, like, right, right. So you have the right data to show that you have the yeah, you have the number. You know, right. For sure, right? And this is not. There's no complex com, uh, computation behind the scenes. SparkToro doesn't do any machine learning. There's no like big data science. It's just division. Right? Here's 6,000 people. Let's look right, at everything right. that they follow. How many of them follow any given source? Oh, there you go, right? Like they're all subscribed to this YouTube channel. So that's what we're going to go uh, target. Right. So you, you and Casey, I don't know how you guys came up with this idea, but I think you are putting it very simply, but I'm pretty sure this is like a gold mine of information for yeah. marketers and SEOs and everybody. You know, you just present it simply as it's just division. It's not division because it's tough to get these kind of information. It's yeah, really yeah. Tough, I mean, you know? The hard part is crawling the data and aggregating it together. That's what's Absolutely. difficult. It, the, the, the methodology, the calculations are simple, right? It's just easy as pie. It's like doing a survey. Right, you survey five thousand of your customers. Two hundred and fifty of them told you that they follow this. You know, two hundred told you they follow this. But it, in a way, it's sort of better than a survey because surveys have a lot of accuracy problems, a lot of bias. Surveys are right. great for asking questions like, "How do you feel about the product?" or "What made you buy?" or um, demographic questions. Right, fine for right. that. Not so Absolutely. good for asking, "Hey, what podcast do you listen to?" Yeah, yeah. People may not even answer those questions, you know. In no, some way they exactly. might. <laughs> Absolutely, fantastic. So, uh, you know, since since I'm I'm a, I'm a marketer and I'm interested in that, and I uh, we I remember you talking about a lot of about small businesses also these days about yeah. startups who don't want to be Googles and Facebooks uh, all that. So I uh, I keep following your content. So my next question will be, you know, SparkToro eliminates a lot of guesswork and hours and hours of research for marketers. Right, so how can it play? It, it it sounds like a perfect sidekick for a marketer. So how how can it fulfill that role uh, for a marketing uh, team or a person? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's sometimes, right? Sometimes you have to do a deep dive into one of your uh, customers or one of your clients' uh, audiences or your own audience, right? Or some new audience you're targeting for a new launch or a new product or an announcement or a piece of content, right? A lot of Right. Content marketers use it to try and reach the right audiences too, but right. uh, the way that I think about SparkToro is it's not a you know you don't need it every day, right? You need right. it on a project by project basis. So it, it's really nice to be able to have that search capacity just at your fingertips, so that hey, we have a new piece of content launching. Who are we trying to target right. with? Well, we're trying to reach this audience. All right, let's type them into SparkToro. Oh, they all follow this person on social. Hey, let's let's DM that person or let's email them and see if we can get them to amplify this this post. Maybe they'll send a tweet about it, right? We'll reach, right. We'll do a little research. We'll reach out. We'll see who we know in common on LinkedIn. We'll get an introduction. Boom, 
now now it's get you know I uh, someone emailed me yesterday. They had a new study about um, SEO stuff about um, hosting, right? And where whether hosting in sort of bad neighborhoods, um, IP addresses that Google has blocked or banned in the past, does that have a real effect? And they did an awesome study. I'm going to probably tweet it out, uh, put up a LinkedIn post after after our call today, but. They reached out to me because they saw that a lot of people in the SEO world follow me, which is which well, they do, right? I, I'm not in SEO anymore, but I'm still followed by a lot of SEO people, and Sparkro tells them that, right? So, as they're amplifying this content, that as they have this thing to share, they're like, okay, who should we do it? All right, Cyrus Shepard, let's get him. Ah, Rand Fishkin, let's get him. Will Reynolds, let's get him. There you go, right? Boom, 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 boom. That's that's who you want to go share that content. So it's sort of like a at your fingertips when you need it. And one of the things that we tried to do, uh, Vivek, is you know, SparkToro gives everybody 10 free searches a month. So for right. a lot of folks who, who can't necessarily afford the product, we still want to help everybody. You were, you were mentioning like, hey, you know, this COVID situation has been terrible. It's hit economies really hard. I got, man, I got some emails this week from folks in uh, Argentina and um, Nigeria, and they were like, our economies are decimated. We can't afford this product at all. And I was like, gosh, that is, I, I am so sorry. And also here, like use the free account. You know, you can, you can still do a lot with that. Um, right. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of the way to think about it is just like another tool in your toolbox. So if you've been using tools like whatever, uh, SEMrush or BuzzSumo or um, SimilarWeb, which I like a lot, and you use the free versions of those to kind of get some data here and there, Sparktoro right. is another one to add to your toolbox. It's a different kind of data source. You, you know, you, right. you don't use it necessarily for SEO stuff, but you might use it for your social media marketing and your content marketing and your P digital PR and all your outreach. Great. You know, we we love to be a resource that way. Right, right. I, I, one of the best things I, apart from the product I like uh, about Sparktoro is the way you guys communicate. The emails you send out from your own personal email ID. Yeah. I, received, I just I just signed up again yesterday, and you started sending me one email. And the, I love the one which you sent about the pricing changes. You reduce the pricing. It's it's straight from heart emails. You know, you when you, when you read it, you feel that there is a person sitting on the other side and writing that email. <laughs> so I love this approach to email. Um, I did it in my early days at Moz too. Like the, right. I think that's really powerful to be able to have, you know, it feels like you and I are emailing because we are right. like, right. yes, we're sending the message to a lot of people. That's true. But right. if you reply, it comes straight to my inbox. I reply to every message I get. There's nobody else answering it. It doesn't go to a support address or whatever. Like it's just us. We're having a conversation. Right. This is that's how I had that conversation with um, the guy from Argentina and, and and this woman from Nigeria. I talked to somebody yesterday from um, I think Morocco. I was talking to somebody who's uh, based in France, and they're you know they were asking about like French access. I talked to somebody who was uh, in Canada, and they're trying to reach. Um, what were they trying to? Oh, uh, they were trying to reach uh, uh, folks in architecture field, right? They, they've got this. I talked to somebody who's like trying to do. Um, fitness gym software for fitness and gym owners. And they're like, hey, what searches should I do? So it's just us. Like we're talking to each other all day, every day. I love that. Right. I, I like the small personal connection. If I had 
if I could urge more people to email that way, I would, right? Like I try and write the email as though I'm just writing it to you, right? Just one person. I imagine in my head, like I'm sending this with one email to my friend Vivek and like, how, how will he receive it? And then that's what becomes the broad email. It seems to work. Yes, it works absolutely. No, a lot of people don't believe in that. I've spoken to a lot of startup founders who have got funding and things. They have changed their attitude towards emails, personal conversation. All that's that's altogether a different conversation. But I love the way I get emails from Park Toro. You know, and it's it's fantastic. So since you are here, uh, I know you have moved away a little bit away from SEO, but my fondest memory about you is. When you say howdy, boss fans, in your uh, uh, that is my favorite memory of you when you start the whiteboard Friday. So, my next question is yeah, exactly. You do that and you talk like that. So, uh, my uh, question is how Spark Toro can help SEO folks? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I know that there are some use cases. So, a uh, little bit of uh, 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 tips on that. Sure. Uh, yeah, so my sense of SEO, like the interesting part about uh, search engine optimization today, I think, is that it's a lot more about um, building up this brand mentions, uh, building up awareness around your product. You know, in the, in the old days, it was just keywords. Like keywords, right. that's all you had to do. But today, you see this, you know, I'm sure you've been in the search results, right? Like I have the last few years. And you see Google sort of prioritizing things that get higher engagement, things that They're get right. people um, talking about it on social media. And, and Google says they don't use social signals, but there, there's something there, right? Where obviously right. there's a high correlation between things that do well on social and things that do well in search. And the same thing is right. true in, uh, with, with content and brand, like things that people talk about, things that people are aware of they will click them more, they'll engage with them more, and then Google ranks them higher. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I love Vivek. I was like, um, I, I was jumping out of my chair with excitement. So so Google had to answer a bunch of questions for Congress to the United States right. Congress a few weeks ago. Right. And there was right. this data dump, right, where they had, uh, where you got the emails from Google's executives to the search team and you could see them saying, hey, we need to lean on engagement signals like clicks in order right. to build a moat around our, you know, to protect our empire. And I right. thought, I told you, I knew it. <laughs> um, so, right, there's a long way of answering, but, but basically like, if you wanna do well in SEO, you've gotta have that, that um, brand, uh, affinity with your customers. And the, the way to do that is to get people to know who you are, to prefer you in the search results, uh, to have seen you in lots of places that they already go and visit. And that that is really what SparkToro is helpful with. So yes, absolutely. We have some SEO agencies and SEO um, consultants and, and in-house folks who use SparkToro mostly for link building. A lot of them are also using it to build up that brand affinity, right? They want to, whatever, they pitch to be on a podcast so that they can get in front of the right audience. They pitch to be in on a YouTube channel. They pitch to do some uh, advertising with a website that reaches them. They pitch a guest post or an op-ed with a website that reaches their audience. They 
uh, look at what their audience pays attention to, and then they can figure out content to create that'll get amplified by the people who are those, those sort of right uh, influential sources. That's, right. you know, that, that's sort of the way that SEOs are using the product today. I think that's pretty smart. We do have some folks who are using it on the SEM side as well. Mostly in, uh, if you go to the Audience Insights tab in SparkToro, it'll show you the words and phrases and hashtags that um, people use in their content and that they have on their profiles. So you could say, oh, what do gardeners talk about online? Let me go create content for that. Let me try and get ranked for that. It's decent for keyword research. To be honest, I think keyword research is still better done through a tool like Moz or um, uh, Ahrefs or, or um, SEMrush, those kinds of tools. But some people are using SparkToro to find other things uh, in there too. Right, right. All right. So I have some questions coming from audience. I'll, 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 I'll throw it around here. So uh, that's that's a fantastic thing because SE also has it's changing every day and uh, we need tools like this to get more uh, brand mentions and things like that maybe even a little bit of pr pitching to the right uh, people right publishers and things like that fantastic so you know uh, other thing i've seen is regular updates from sparkto right a couple of days as you mentioned the email and the contact information available sources uh, in contact info of sources being added so that is one good example of that i want to know what are the future plans of Sparkto? Where, where, yeah. where are you? Where are you? Where are you planning to take this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, let's see. So the the two big things that are coming up. Um, one of them is we. I I don't know if you know, but um, we have this election coming up in the United States. Uh, yes. In about, what, 45, 45, 50 days, uh, and. One of the things that um, people have been very curious about is like, could you at Spartoro tell me about the uh, distribution of politics of the of an audience? So could you tell me if people tend to be, you know, more right wing, more left wing, more centrist, uh, those kinds of things? And and the answer was yes. We found a great way to do that. So we're planning on, um, hopefully before the election, but might be just after. I'm not sure. Um, launching a feature that'll show in audience insights kind of like, oh, gardeners in the UK tend to be whatever, you know, 23% of them are sort of center left, 15% are centrist, 12% are, are right wing, whatever it is, right? Right. That I think is um, really interesting data for a bunch of PR stuff, but also interesting for branding and creative and all that. Uh, the, other, the other big feature folks have asked for is tracking over time, right? So if you find your, like, this is my audience in SparkToro, I don't just wanna see what's going on with them one time. I wanna know over time, like, can you tell me what sources are rising in influence? Is there is there some social media person on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram that all of a sudden this audience starts following? Is there some podcast that's starting to get popular? Is there some website that's starting to get popular with them? Can you tell me if they're talking about different things this month than they were last month? I want to get that regular update, right, of, of everything that's going on with my audience. So that that is something um, that Casey's hard at work building. I think that will probably launch before the end of the year, but but not much sooner than that. It's um that's a very complicated big 
project. But it, it'll be kind of cool, right? You'll be able to have like a graph and see the size of the audience in SparkToro's database, right? How many profiles do we have over time? Is that growing or shrinking? Um, are, are they changing what they're discussing? What's getting popular with them? For a lot of content marketers, a lot of social media marketers, a lot of PR people, right? That's the key piece. They, they need to know like what's happening right now with this audience. Right. Even in SEO, that can be pretty useful, right? To know Absolutely. Right, what keywords, what, what topics are sort of rising in importance. And um, I think that'll be pretty cool. The, uh, let's see, we launched, this was earlier, but we launched the Hidden Gems feature, which a lot of folks uh, use. And then um, I think one of, the, uh, one of the things that we've talked about also adding in is some more psychographic analysis. So sort of like um, values and um, inferred lifestyle sorts of data uh, from the audience's you know, uh, behavior online. Uh, I think that'll be really interesting, probably more for the creative agencies uh, than yep. anybody in, in SEO. But it's one of those things where, you know, Twitter and Facebook used to show a lot of that data around an audience uh, that you had in their platforms, and then they took it away. And so, right. look, anytime Facebook and, and Google and, you know, other platforms are taking data away, I want to give it back. <laughs> I'm like, no. Don't take my data. We'll find a way to get it to marketers, right? That's that's a personal passion, so I love doing that. Love, love, love it, love it. I, I'm pretty sure uh, all these features will be pretty, pretty, pretty cool, and everybody will uh, latch latch onto it. All right. So now that's that was about Sparktor. Now I wanna I wanna talk about you and your other work and stuff like that because that's more exciting to me. I know SparkToro is awesome. I will use it for sure and things like that. But uh, things like, you know, you have done a lot of things. And recently, I, I've seen that you have been a big proponent of SMBs and their stories. Your latest blog post is about, uh, there's a statement you have said, that, show me a case study from a small company. Right? Small. So show me small. Yes. So uh, I love that. So I, I read it a couple of times. So, you know, you have spoken about companies who choose to be great than big. So what is the what is the reason behind this different kind of take? Yeah, I um, I have a lot of problems with with not big businesses, but enterprise businesses like giant companies. I don't think uh, I don't think the monopolies of the world are good for any of us. Like I, you know, I sort of get that whatever Amazon is convenient. Right, Google is convenient. It's easy to use. Um, it, it's nice to have everything all in one place. Facebook, like, okay, everybody's on there. That's convenient. But to be honest, Vivek, like, I think from a macroeconomic standpoint, from a microeconomic standpoint, right, like, if you want to build a company, it really sucks to have to rely exclusively on Google, on Facebook, uh, on Amazon. These companies have a ton of money and a ton of power. And they use that money and power in political ways, right? Yep, yep. Uh, in, in India, in the United States, in Europe. They, and those ways are not what we want, what the people want, right? It's essentially what, is, right. what does Jeff Bezos want, right? What do Larry and Sergey want? What do, right. what do the shareholders at Google want? That, right. That's not democracy, right? I, I, I don't think that's a positive thing. And 
Um, these companies contribute really frustratingly to income inequality, right? We, what I want is lots of people to have, you know, middle class or, or higher income, not, you know, not a world where a few billionaires have all the wealth and the rest of us have very, very little. That, that sucks. Nobody wants that world. I think that's Absolutely. terrible. And Google and Facebook are absolutely furthering income inequality. Misinformation and disinformation, right, are, are running rampant on those platforms. So I'm just not a fan from like a, whatever, sociological and economic and political perspective. I don't like them. And also, I don't know about you, but I don't like going to Starbucks. I like to find that one guy with the awesome little coffee shop, right? And it's like custom made. That, that's my jam. I love that, right. right? I want to find custom made. I want to find craft. I want to find small. I want to find niche. Um, that gets me excited. Those are products and services and companies that I enjoy that resonate with me. So yeah, you know, I like to help small businesses. And also, when when you talk about big business case studies, right? Just just going to the marketing world. When you talk about what you know, Amazon did well, what Google did well, or what Shopify did well, or Spotify, or um, uh, Airbnb, or Uber. Does that really apply to you and me? Does no, it really not at all. We, we can't take that data, we can't take those case studies and turn them into nearly as actionable and as useful data. You know, you talked, you and I talked a couple minutes ago about email marketing, right? About the email approach of like write to one person and then send it out from your personal address and being able to, Amazon doesn't do that. They're never gonna do that. You're never gonna see a case study about that, but it could really help your small business. So, so let's so, talk about what can help your small business, right? What, let's talk about what can help uh, a company with five people, 50 people, even 500 people. 5,000, get out of here, I don't care. Right, fifty thousand. I don't care. Get out of here. Like you don't interest me. I, I, I don't. I don't need you to follow my stuff. Right. I don't, I, you don't need my help. You're doing great. Like you're going to be fine. <laughs> um, but I really want to help new companies, entrepreneurs, founders, people who are getting their stuff off the ground, people who are trying to make their first million or ten million in revenue. Right. Trying to keep. Um, keep their employees on the team despite the economic situation with COVID. Yes, that's who I want to help, right? And um, so that's why that's why so much of my content, so much of what I'm trying to do, and I think you're the same way, right? Like we both, this is the SMB talks because Absolutely. we want to help small and medium businesses, not big ones. Right, I've, even I've, I've been driving this for last uh, three, four years. Uh, I left job and I became a, a, a freelancer for a year. Uh, I couldn't uh, sustain it. And I was only working with small businesses. Uh, yeah. I was not taking uh, big companies. I worked with startups in UK, startups in US who didn't have any money. They were paying me peanuts, and but I was managing the social media, teaching them how to do it themselves and things like that. So it's, it's a fantastic, I, I hope, I, I fingers crossed, I hope more people like you come out and talk for small businesses because yeah. they are the worst hit at the moment, especially. Fantastic, I love that. Right. So, a friend of mine uh, just wrote this book that I that I bought uh, called B Big Enough. And like, I love this, right? 
build a business that scales with your lifestyle. Like you, you be big enough. This, this is like the kind of philosophy that resonates with me. I, um, I also love the book. I don't know if you've read it, but small giants, they talk about businesses that chose to be great instead of big. And um, they have a bunch of wonderful examples in there. Uh, I think balsamic actually, which I don't know if you know, Peldi from balsamic, but he's, um, he's an awesome proponent of this as well. And I just love that, like, you know, bootstrapped or alternatively funded, not trying to be a billion dollar unicorn, trying to be something that is sustainable and profitable that lasts for the long term. You know, the, the venture backed world, Vivek, it's like this, this very unhealthy mindset that you're either a giant billion dollar success or you're nobody. <laughs> and that, so I don't believe that, right? We are all human beings. We are all of equal importance. We all have equal value. I don't care if you lost your job and you're sitting at home playing video games, you are just as valuable as Jeff Bezos or Sergey Brin or Larry Page. There, there is no value um, judgment, should be no value judgment on people who do one of those versus the other. I don't believe that. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's, you know people stand out because of these kind of uh, thought process. It's not about how much money they have or how many keynote keynotes they do or what kind of followers they have on social media, but the kind of thought they put across like this. Uh, that's what inspires me. I don't know about others, but that's why uh, I'm so grateful that I got a chance to listen directly from you about this. Uh, so let's let's uh, my couple of questions more on that. Uh, so my next question is, you know, uh, you're if, if this this show is predominantly I'm focusing on startup founders and SMB owners and all that. So what what you have a powerful you have built powerful brands in the past as well, right? So what are your top three advice for SMB owners or startup founders who want to build a powerful brand? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think great brands start with a um, sort of a, a mission and a vision that is unique in their field, and that is that's a challenging thing to do because um, in a lot of you know, in a lot of areas of business, it's really easy to kind of follow the path that has been well trod before. I think if you can identify what's really unique about your business in terms of, you know, you have something unique about your product, you have something unique about the way you offer it, there's something unique about your content, there's something unique about the way you talk about or connect or network or your audience. Finding that point of uniqueness is, I think, a big way that you build your brand. Um, and then you can amplify and, and uh, create resonance with that brand by having that uniqueness um, as sort of the central point that you talk about, right? So when I talk about SparkToro, I talk about how, you know, it is this unique type of data that helps people in a, in a different way to what everything else in the you know, software market does. And that, and that helps us build a brand, right? Absolutely. Um, the second thing I would say in terms of brand building is uh, I have been, I almost want to say frustrated and weirded out by how many times you have to tell the brand story. If you're the founder, right? If you're an entrepreneur, you're a marketer, you have to tell this story over and over and over again. And, and the consistency and repetition 
feels to you, it feels like, oh my God, am I, are we having this conversation again? Like, do I really have to tell this story again? Yes, you really have to tell this story again because the first one or two times someone hears it, it doesn't stick, it doesn't land, right? They need right, to hear right. it three, four, five, six, seven times before it really sinks in. What's, you know, who you are, what you do, uh, that you're the first brand that comes to their mind when they think about problem X. Um, I think that is, that is crucial uh, and, and quite difficult, um, especially because, you know, as marketers, like I think we and founders, right, we want to tell a unique story. Well, let me talk about it differently this time. Well, I, I, I'm tired of talking about this. Let me, let me have a different conversation. No, my friend, you got to keep saying it. Keep saying it over and over again. It's real. Um, it's weird how many times you have to you have to do that. Uh, the third thing I would say is uh, positioning is hugely important. The way you basically frame the problem that your product solves, especially if you're building something relatively new or unique, um, positioning is huge in terms of uh, setting the stage for a brand to resonate. So I, I really recommend if folks have not read this, check out a book from April Dunford called Obviously Awesome. Um, well, maybe we can put it in the show notes or something, but uh, that book, it's in my, my office, which I can't get to because Seattle's filled with smoke. Uh, but Obviously Awesome is a, is a great, great uh, read on positioning. And basically the, the way to think about positioning is your audience, your potential customers, think about their problem and the potential solutions um, in a certain way. And, and the way that you frame your company, which problem it solves, who it solves the problem for, how it solves it versus competition, right? Versus the other choices they could make to solve that problem. That is a massive part about, of, of how people will think about you and how you can have success building a brand. If you don't have that framework already and you don't have it in your marketing, in your content, on your homepage, in the, you know, the first sentence that should describe what your company does, what your product does, how your product does. It. I don't care if you're selling lawnmowers or you're an architect or you're building a digital marketing tool or you um, are a, a, a restaurant, right? Any, any of those, you need to have this idea in your head of what is our positioning for the problem that people are right are having? I'm a restaurant owner, so people are hungry and they want to eat out. And why is my what what makes my solution to that problem unique? What makes us special? How are we positioning ourselves? Are we a luxury restaurant that you go out to on fancy occasions and you expect to pay a lot of money? And or are we, uh, you know, low cost dining? Or are we? Uh, all about the the authenticity of the food, or are we positioning ourselves as, uh, you know, a great delivery service? But whatever it is, right? You you've got to figure out what that positioning is, and then describe yourself consistently in that way. That's that's how you build a great brand, in my opinion. Fantastic. Uh, if 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 you aren't in, inspiration for a vision and mission statement, go check out Spark Toro's about page. <laughs> it's it's a different kind of tech startup and yeah. it's it's a, it's a zebra rather than a unicorn so i i love that messaging because it's it's so clearly explained 
about what why you built why you why you built the platform and what is the vision behind it it's such a fantastic way because that kind of clarity is much needed even though it is a small business or you are setting up your own agency or whatever it is fantastic so my next question is about your famous book lost and founder it's a it has it has a, i have read it it has a different take on the whole uh, aura of entrepreneurship and you know uh, that kind of sexiness and all to it so why do you think why do you think every aspiring entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur should get a copy of that <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i would say when it comes to lost and founder it's been kind of awesome to see like when it first launched it you know it sold okay uh, a number of people bought it but over the last couple of years it's been kind of amazing like people keep buying it and recommending it to each other and you know the audiobooks very popular it's been really really cool like it's very cool to see especially because you know in the first 3 or 4 months i was like well okay the book only did all right but that's fine and now it it just keeps going um right. it sold you know it sold better in the last year than it did the year before which is which is wild um and the reason i think it resonates with people is because it describes a lot of very relatable problems and situations that entrepreneurs continually encounter right, right. Folks, you and i who are trying to build businesses brands content shows whatever it is right we are when we get together in person right when when you and i go out for a coffee when we when we get tea when we get a beer whatever it is we like we have these important conversations about what's really going on what works what doesn't work what's hard and frustrating what's emotional about building a business and then ways that we got through those problems right and lost and founder basically boils those down to uh, I, I think it's in, in in the case of lost and founder it's like one per chapter so there's there's 18 of them um, and describes like the story of going through those and then has a bunch of data and examples of well here's what worked for other people here's what didn't work here's what worked for rand here's where he fell apart right um, and and i think that relatability right is is what resonates with folks so if you are building something or you're joining something early stage uh, or you're considering entrepreneurship the reason i think you should read this book is because it is the cheapest least expensive way to avoid all of the terrible horrible mistakes that i made you don't have to make those mistakes, right? Can, I don't know how much Amazon's charging for the book right now, but you know, for like twenty dollars or whatever it is, you can go and solve those problems, right? Be aware of those problems before you encounter them, um, and and hopefully you will save yourself a ton of pain and heartache uh, in doing so. Right, because uh, I know that because you that book is also straight from your heart. Yeah, it's, it's 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 how you have written it, and I've read your backstory a little bit when you were in Moz, the kind of struggle you have been through, how you given everything to that company, etc. So it's a very good read. I recommend to everybody, Lost and Founder, go check it out. Uh, it's available on Kindle as well. Right. So next important topic which I want to cover is which you are the perfect example of is personal brand. Right. I follow very few people. Uh, from especially from marketing world because i got fed up <laughs> i unfollowed most of them it's 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 there is there is no real person behind it it's all yeah. i'm doing this i did this i did that and things like that. so i got fed up of that but you are one personal brand which i like because there is always every tweet from you 
every uh, every blog from you there is something to learn you know so that's what i look forward to so if 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 a uh, you know building an authentic brand personal brand if if it helps uh, first question will it help a smb owner or a founder if yeah. yes how do you help yeah i think personal brand is very much a it's a choice and it is not the right choice for everyone right uh, i see it, i mean i would say the vast majority of businesses out there don't have a personal brand associated with them the brand is right. built around the company not the human being and right. in a lot of ways that scales better it's easier to sell those kinds of businesses um it is often uh, easier to market them because the the association doesn't have that uh human component that being said there are lots of benefits to personal branding as well right so one of the things that was wonderful for me is when i left moz right and i sent that email and you know you got the blog post that was like hey it's my last day at moz it's my first day at sparktoro um the that is a great way to build your next journey right you are not tied so much to the business you you bring an audience with you uh you have you know um people who know you and like you and trust you and want to check out what you're doing so that's helped me really get sparktoro off the ground the first you know our first 100 customers or so a lot of that came from my network and 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 many of those people helped recommend it to other people who are now customers so Absolutely. that that can be great i will say a personal brand is it's also high risk right like you you know you do things as a human being that are that people don't always appreciate there's a lot of people who follow me who have not loved my you know sort of political and social views right they're sort right. of like gosh rand is so you know he keeps pounding on things like you know on black lives matter and on on feminism and and equality and like I, that's not why i followed him i wanted to follow him for like seo tips why isn't he giving me <laughs> seo tips and look i mean you you get to decide right you get to decide as uh, someone who's building that brand how much of yourself you want to put into it i love putting my whole authentic self right i i tweet about pasta i tweet about my vacations i tweet about you know um uh my wife geraldine i tweet about uh yeah politics and social issues and and equality and i tweet tweet about you know here's some seo thing here's some digital marketing thing here's some great podcast so i put my whole self out there you, you don't have to i think this is a choice um for everyone but it's uh i yeah it it has has pluses and minuses vivek absolutely absolutely yeah it's up to them uh, if they want to but and it's 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 a lot of hard work as well uh, it yeah, it's a, I, I think so i would say one thing that can help that can help you realize whether it's right for you is if it feels like a lot of hard work it might not be the right choice for me it does not feel like hard work right it feels right. like i want to share this thing let me go out there and share this thing i think people like this i'm going to have fun experimenting with it if people unfollow me or if they if they if it doesn't resonate that's fine right whatever i don't care i'm putting it out there it doesn't feel like hard work it feels like me just being myself right so But that's that's that, that, that you great personal right. branding might be for you <laughs> if that's, not, that, yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect way to look at it actually if it is if it feels like work too much work 
then it may not be right for you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, my next question, very personal question to you. What drives Rand Fishkin as an entrepreneur, uh, as a person, everything? What drives you? Guilt. <laughs> All That's right. It. Guilt. A hundred percent serious. So when I don't, you know, when I don't create things, when I when I'm not doing good marketing, when we're when we're not making our product better, uh, when I'm not blogging, when I'm not like helping people learn things or contributing to the community, I feel guilty. I feel bad. You know, I take a few minutes off. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play some video games on Friday, and then Saturday morning I wake up. I'm like, Man, I did not do enough this week. I don't feel good. But I need to get more out there, right? That, that's what drives me, to be totally honest. That's very nice, actually. Using guilt as a driving force. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a healthy driving force, but it is a driving force. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Right. So uh, my next question, you know, I, I don't want to end this conversation. It's not about only about SparkToro or uh, entrepreneurship or SEO. Uh, my, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Geraldine as well. You know, because she's also an awesome person. I follow her on Twitter, and she she's also an author. Uh, she has her own opinions, very strong opinions, uh, you know, about about causes and things like that. So, you know, what kind of role she has played in the entrepreneurial journey of yours? I'm not going to the personal side. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure, you, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, because I know what kind of journeys you have taken. And, you know, she ha she would have been a rock for you. So what kind of uh, role she has played? Yeah, yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, in my early days of Moz, um, you know, the company was not doing well. We were on the verge of bankruptcy, deep in debt. I, I was living with Geraldine. This is before we got married. I, you know, she was my girlfriend and she paid our rent and all the bills and bought me dinner every night. Right. And like I was I was living off her for. Gosh, two and a half <laughs> two, two plus years. Right. So, you know, basically I had almost no income. I was making like. I don't know, $800 a month or something. And sometimes I couldn't even get, get that paycheck. Um, you know, so just nothing in, in, in Seattle area, which is, you know, that's um, just not enough to live on, right? Our rent was more than that every month. Uh, so Geraldine basically supported me throughout that. And then uh, she, you know, she got promoted several times. She, had, she got better and better jobs. And then, um, she ended up leaving her work when her company got bought and then there was big layoffs. Uh, and she became a blogger and an author. And so for a few years I supported her and then she sold her book and that did well. It helped us um, buy a house. And yeah, so she, you know, financially speaking, personally speaking, professionally speaking, Geraldine's just always there. That email you mentioned, you were like, oh, I really like the email you sent. She reviewed it. Like she came and she sat at this at this computer. We edited it together. You know, it's it's just a um, it's a, it's a great relationship personally. Like we have a ton of love and support for each other, and also we try and support each other in, in our career. So she's um, she's writing another book right now, and uh, you know, pretty much every day she's like, "I'm stuck on this part. What what should I do?" <laughs> Right, fantastic. I, I also, I, when I when I did a little bit of research on uh, you and Geraldine, I found your famous ad to "Will you marry me?" and all that. 
so i don't want to bring that as a question but it is a fact i showed to showed it to my wife actually i said rand is coming on my show and i know him for last several years and this i am finding right now you know so that is fantastic oh, yeah wow <laughs> that's sweet actually all right so you know uh, we have been chatting for a long time so my final question for you is this i ask every guest who comes on the show how has covid 19 impacted you hmm. and sparked you yeah uh it, in our in our early launch so we uh as you know launched in april which is maybe i don't know the worst time to launch in 100 years uh when we launched we initially sent out some um emails to our early access list our our beta list those emails had a very high conversion rate in february the the end of february and then into march we saw that conversion rate like basically just crater plummeted um it was brutal and yeah i mean covid has meant that it's been a lot more difficult to get marketers and businesses right to put in their credit card and try something new and um have another expense on board most companies uh back in march and april basically said we want to audit our marketing software get rid of everything that we possibly can we want to cut our ad spend you could see right in google and facebook that that ads uh ad spend sort of fell off a cliff for that for them um so a ton of people are just trying to save money on marketing because they feel like there's not as much demand and they're right they're in many many sectors right travel and tourism of course right and airlines events theater movies like all of this stuff has just collapsed right. and so we've had to change our our approach like we basically you know had a big chat in march decided that what we were going to do with the rest of this year was let's build our audience the best we can let's be as generous as we possibly can and so um we changed our free account to be much more useful and usable so that a lot more marketers we hoped could use the tool use the product for free you know 10 searches a month recurring they they top up every month um we we wanted people to be able to get a lot of value from the product even without paying and that has i think been pretty effective we've got about 25,000 or so people who use the free version um right. that's that's awesome right we're helping a lot of marketers even though you know we're we're they're not paying customers um and hopefully through that building pent up demand for the future right as those budgets recover as economies recover as marketers need this they'll go oh that sparktoro too that that was really helpful to me let me see if i can use that to do some more of those things. So that's that's kind of how we've dealt with the pandemic. We obviously, you know, there's only two of us. We work from home. Um so we we were already remote that helped. Uh and we kept expenses pretty low. That's been, you know, that's been good as well. But um yeah, it's a it's a tough year for everybody, man, including us. Absolutely. Like we definitely we definitely did not hit the numbers that we we would have hit if this if this hadn't happened right right i'm i'm pretty sure the numbers will be better pretty soon with things change might change very soon and uh, uh every industry is slowly opening up so i'm pretty sure that uh it will it will come back anyway uh, on personal side i know that you have been cooking a lot of pastas you 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 you're a champion of risotto which i commented saying that it's a death dish on masterchef even so that's pretty fantastic and uh, i'm hoping uh, i'm at least happy that you're staying safe 
with family and uh, healthy and all that. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rand, for joining me today. It was yeah. such a pleasure, such a pleasure to listen to you. Uh, I can talk. I, I can just listen to you for. <laughs> I can ask, keep asking questions and listen to you. Uh, and uh, stay safe, and I'll be in touch with you. Uh, stay so, safe and say hello to Geraldine as well. All right, you too, Vivek. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, so that was uh, Ryan Fishkin. I love that guy, to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of influencers and uh, social media experts, but Ryan is a different category. You know, you, you know that his, the way he thinks about small and medium businesses, right? Small and medium businesses, if you take any geography, they are the backbone of the economy. You know, they employ maximum number of people, so it's our responsibility to support a lot of uh, small and medium businesses. And next week, I have a famous author coming on the show. Uh, don't miss it. He will share a lot of tips about living positively and things like that. And thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining me. It's pretty late. Have a happy weekend. See you all next Friday. Thanks for listening in. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Now available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. See you next episode.